<laughs> you, you have all the... You look like a kid who opened up their Christmas present and found out they got nothing but, but socks. That's... No, it's just... Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome back to the sandwich board where we're ready to unleash the dragon. Oh, no. No, we're not ready to unleash that. You're wrong. You're so wrong. <laughs> Everybody, welcome back to the Sandwich Board. I'm the Pickle Bandit. I'm the Bandita. And um, yeah, so we're back, and wow, we can't. I can't wait to get to dessert. We got a pretty, pretty good uh, show for you guys uh, today. First, uh, this week in Pokemon Go. This week in Pokemon Go. Okay, well, it's GoFest this weekend. It's GoFest. It's it's one of maybe the only opportunities we might have to attend GoFest because normally it's it's some place far away from us where we would have to fly and book a hotel and pay for everything that goes, all the accoutrements that go along with that. Food. Not just food, but I mean... How do you get back and forth here and there? You know, you got to pay tickets to get in, too. Right. There's, you know, uh, swag and souvenirs and, you know, whatever, sunscreen. So outside of GoFest happening, like... <laughs> right. Or in anywhere close by where we are, this is our opportunity and we got to take it. So I did I did splurge and pay the fourteen ninety nine. You did. Yeah, I did. So GoFest is virtual this year. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't matter where you are in the country, you can participate. Exactly. So this is like a prime opportunity. I mean, maybe the opportunity of a lifetime. Who knows? Okay. So let's pretend that I'm a person who hasn't really been paying attention to the news, right, concerning GoFest. Let's just kind of you know, put ourselves in that headspace and let's pretend that you're explaining this to me for the first time. What is the benefit of participating in GoFest? What what do you what do you get out of it? Well, if it was you, I would tell you to look it up. <laughs> so 
if you're saying it's you and you don't know anything, I was well, look it up. Google it. Uh-huh. And tell your Bixby. That's what I would tell you. Um, but if it was somebody else, I would tell them that GoFest is like um, a fun place for people to gather together who all like Pokemon and do special tasks on their game together and get special rewards like rare Pokemon or mythical Pokemon or like a shiny version of a Pokemon, which is a rare find for doing different challenges. And then if you don't finish it, that's okay. You just have to start the task and then it's in your uh, queue, I guess. And you can continue doing the tasks until you get the reward. Oh, really? Yes. So it's not... Um, no, you don't have to finish. There's no time limit. No, as long as you mm-hmm. log in each day and get the task, then you're good to go. Well, that's cool. Uh, you're right. I mean, how many? I mean, how many years has this been going on for? And how often has it even been in California, let alone where we live? So that... right, and, and we've known people that have that make pilgrimages to it every year. Right, and they save money just so they can go to GoFest because they love it so much. Right. And I remember getting virtual gifts from, you know, different locations in the city. Uh, wherever GoFest is. Right, wherever GoFest is. All right, well, shout out to Coromex. <laughs> yeah, shout out to shout out to Coromex, who is the guy that, you know... Yeah, goes to GoFest. That goes to GoFest. Great, so that's what's going on, and I, I'm sure we'll have a lot to report back now. There's also Comic-Con... Yeah, Comic Con. Does that go into the side? Is that a side? Um, yeah, we, we okay. can we can turn that into a side. All right, so we'll have more to report next week on Pokemon Go. But until then, that has been this week in Pokemon Go. I play Pokemon Go every day. I play Pokemon Go. Okay, so we're gonna get to our sandwich board sides for this week, and uh, Bandito is talking about Comic Con at home. Yeah, so it's like two things at home. It's like um, the dream for people like you and I, <laughs> with your with your diagnosis and me being an introvert. So <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so yeah. So pickle pickles on the spectrum, right? So. We don't do very, not we mean the royal we, don't do very well like for a long time in large crowded you know, places. But Or family parties. <laughs> or family parties. For or family. holiday events. Right. Um, or staff meetings. <laughs> or staff <laughs> meetings. Or, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a litany. Or busy grocery stores. <laughs> busy grocery stores. Um, yeah, and I'm pretty transparent about that, and I'm a you know pretty big advocate. I have no problems with that. But I think the only place you're okay is movie theater. Why? Because there's so many rules: no talking, mm-hmm. quiet, yeah, get the lights down, yeah. And there's a procedure to it. You know what's mm-hmm. going to happen mm-hmm. every time you go in. So you know, although you know afterwards the sound kind of gets to me a little bit, but other than that. Didn't used to because movies were a lot quieter. They didn't have oh for sure. You know, Whenever you watch an old movie, it's like you got to turn the volume up way high. Right, and it's not because you know I'm an old person. It's just because that's the way sound has you know developed in theaters. Right, I mean it used to be that stereo was a big thing, and then it was Dolby, 
and then it was surround sound, and now you have to have tear jerks, and now I don't know. The everything has to rumble beneath your feet, right? Um, well, also those things were made for different speakers back in the when they had things that were like amplified in different ways. So right. Well, if you think about the the Star Wars trilogy, like a lot of the the I think the second two were made for Dolby. Right, uh, theaters with Dolby now because that was the thing. Um, anyway, so if you, but so if you're not big on gatherings, but you're still a huge raging uh, nerd, um, then this might be your year uh, because a lot of the panels are going to be free. Yeah, actually, you can go if you have Xfinity. They have a it'll connect you right to the YouTube feed. Or you can just go to YouTube or, you know, directly from Comic-Con. Right. And um, from what I have seen on my Facebook feed, it seems like they've already had the, the New Mutants panel uh, this morning. They had a big, uh, another big preview. I guess they had to give a lot more away this time around to keep audiences interested but you know, there. I think they're gonna. There's gonna be a Star Trek panel. Um, you know, there's so there's some big players that are, I think they're gonna be absent this this year. I, I know that uh, Marvel Studios, uh, DC, um, is not gonna really be making too much of a an impact in terms of movies. Well, I mean, they've been sitting on Wonder Woman for like forever. Right. <laughs> they're still sitting on it. Right. Just like Disney sitting on Mulan. Yeah. Um, oh, who else? Somebody with whoever has Tenet. Tenet, They're sitting yeah. on that too. Yeah. They keep like moving the date over, moving the date over. Because they like really insistent upon it being in theaters. Right. And theaters are actually, you know, putting pressure on the studios, right? Because they want, they need to make a living. Well, they made too. a deal with them a long time ago. And if they don't wait until theaters open why are people going to go to theaters right um yeah so this is a really good weekend i have to actually look into the schedule to see if there's anything i'm particularly interested in um wait it just remember something but remember when um online we saw someone uh was designing a movie theater that looked like uh, the Senate, the Galactic. <laughs> right. What, it was in another country, right? It was uh, in Europe? France. France. I think it was France. Yeah. They were, like, they changed the design of a movie theater. Right. To, like, like boxes. Boxes. But, but they're not really boxes. They're, like, circular. Right. On a wall. And so, if you've watched uh, the, the Star Wars prequels... Uh, it, the uh, an end effect is that it looks like the the Galactic Senate chamber. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Now, <laughs> my dream is hopefully one of these days that I could sit in such a box with with my son, intern Mike, and turn to him and ask him, "Did you ever hear of the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise?" <laughs> so. Bucket list. Bucket list. <laughs> Bam. I mean, this is fine. E3 was kind of a bust because I don't think, uh, you know, publishers quite knew what to do at that point because E3 got, you know, for the last couple of years has been in, I believe, April or May as opposed to July, which it had been in the past. 
So it was like pretty early on, but so I think the Comic Con early people, into the pandemic stuff, right? And it, so people weren't prepared to put things online like that, right? At all, it wasn't enough time. No, so you know, I I think we're kind of uh, lucky in this case because you know we may be able to see things that you know we never we haven't had a chance to see. Um, so and I'm hoping to that. And for me, because I'm, I'm a really big comic reader, I've been a huge comic reader uh, for the last year um, because I have a, a comicsology account now. So I've been able to read a lot. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to, you know, getting in on some, uh, some of the comic panels. Me, not so much. <laughs> no, actually, my comic reading has gone down. Yeah, I think it's because the the turn because we because I went digital. Mm. That's part of it. So we've kind of uh, I, at least personally I've eschewed you know paper, and I've gone to digital. It's very the last thing that I I bought in paper format is uh, the Batman Contagion storyline from the nineteen nineties. Mm. Uh, so that and. You know, I I was thinking, okay, well, what did comic writers think about uh, a pandemic? You know, back in back when it was, you know, the stuff of uh, the stuff of science fiction. Eh, it was pretty good. I, I I'm gonna read the follow ups to it. I started watching it, but I, I started watching. It. <laughs> I started reading it, but uh, I didn't finish reading it. <laughs> Aww, not not good or just no. I just uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I haven't really been reading books either. The only thing I'm doing in my spare time is playing hidden object adventure games. Hidden object adventure games. To try to keep my brain sharp. And that has to happen. Um, keeping... Tell you what, I can find things real easy. <laughs> <laughs> I can like spot it. Like, there's your toy. It's right there. <laughs> there's the remote control. <laughs> so uh, another sandwich board side, and it's kind of actually related to... Uh, comic-con is i wanted to and hey there's gonna be no gear grinding on this i it's not intentional but it's gonna sound like gear grinding i want to talk about the old guard and i want to see the netflix movie uh it looks interesting i read the first issue of the comic that it's based on it looks the premise is okay it looks you know fine it's kind of like okay let's take highlander but what if people find out that the Highlanders actually exist in the world, right? And what are the consequences of that? Okay, well, pretend like I don't know what Highlander <laughs> is. Please, and explain it to me, please. <laughs> okay, so for, oh gosh, for anybody who's listening under the age of, I don't know, let's say 35, um... So Highlander was a film that was uh, put out in the mid '80s. It stars uh, Christopher, Christopher Lambert. Lambert, Christopher Lambert, and um, also he's got one of those accents. Like where is he's he from? he's from a francophone speaking country. He's either from France or Belgium or yeah, you know, he has like an interesting something like accent. Yeah, pretty cool, mysterious. Um, yes. <laughs> so he's perfect for this role and also stars Mr. Krabs as the main, you know, antagonist. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown, thank you. Uh, so pretty much it's about this guy who's one of the last of a race of immortals 
who have to at some point uh it's called the gathering have to come together and kill each other now sword fight they have the sword fight and there could be only one there could be only one <laughs> And nothing can really kill these guys, drowning, you know, whatever, except for beheading. Beheading is the only thing. And once the opponent gets beheaded, that the winner gets their power, right? And, yeah, it's like... Ugh. Right. Right. They get, go into this huge uh, thing, right? Yeah. And the last person standing gets the prize, right? And... If you haven't seen it, go see it. You'll find out what the prize is. Uh, Sean Connery plays a, a key supporting role in it, and you know he's pretty darn charming in it as uh, you know the mentor character. Sure, I date him. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> well, he plays a Spaniard, which is weird. Well, uh, I think the whole point of all the Highlander, like the characters, are supposed to be like. Like, mysteriously from somewhere, but, like, exotically different than everybody else. Right, right. Like, he was Egyptian, but he was a Spaniard. Right. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> but yet he spoke like a Scotsman. He spoke like, yeah. <laughs> and you have Christopher Lambert, who is supposed to be a Scotsman, mm-hmm. but doesn't sound like a Scotsman. Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of sounds like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Trying to be a Scotsman. So that's why I'm thinking he's maybe from Belgium. I don't know. It's mysterious. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's you know, in Queen does the soundtrack, and that's probably oh, it's one. so awesome. And it's like if you're if you don't even care about the movie, you don't really even like it. The soundtrack. Yeah, oh get God. the soundtrack. Um, and they do a really bang up job, and it's so painfully eighties. Yeah. And epic. It's, it's it's really fun. It's like it gives all the emotion to the movie, actually. Yeah. <laughs> if you really think about it. It really is one of the stars of the film, mm-hmm. is uh, the, the Queen soundtrack. Um, just like Flash Gordon, if you watch the, uh, was it 1979, 1980 mm-hmm. film, uh, Flash Gordon, Queen does a soundtrack on that one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once again, plays a major part in the film. Um, anyway, so the old guard, right, is kind of takes that premise, but it's, you know, it's darker, it's grittier, whatever. It's more real. It's more real. Yeah. Um, Netflix has, you know, this is a Netflix exclusive. Now, Netflix had this promotional (laughs) tie-in. I discovered it. Yeah. Because I get all things Netflix, so I'm the one that has Netflix. Right. And they had a game that ties in with the film. Please explain the rules, because... Okay, the rules of the game are that you have to score the most points in the least amount of time, and whoever does that, and it's kills with an axe, it will kill <laughs> with an axe... Whoever does that wins a lifetime subscription to Netflix. Now, when they say lifetime, they don't mean an old guard lifetime. They mean up to 83 or something like that years of Netflix. (laughs) So, one of our lifetimes, I guess. Anyway, it was one of those... I mean, he's the video game expert, so I'll let him describe exactly what the game was. Okay, so I was kind of stoked because, you know, I've I've been a gamer... 
um, since I was about four years old. And, you know, I, I think that ex my experience would trump reflexes, you know, any day of the week. Uh, but unfortunately, this game was broken AF. Aww. Imagine you take a Flash game from about 2007, right? Mm -hmm. So it plays like something hastily made that you would play on Newgrounds or Congregate or whatever was big around that time. So it's this top-down you know free on steam right <laughs> you know there's only five stages it's you know top down you only have your axe to swing the thing is is that it's really janky and it's hard to control i played it on my my computer and with keyboard controls and it was terrible so then that's and so then <laughs> I went to mobile and I figured, okay, well, maybe this thing is optimized for mobile. It was made mobile. for mobile. Right, because it has touch controls. Here's the thing. Touch controls are even worse on mobile. Yeah. And um, so the challenge of this You tried that one thing too. What was it? Uh, the Joy to Key? I yeah. did not... Did not get to that oh, okay. point because you get too frustrated. Yeah, because at this <laughs> point, I realized that the challenge of this game wasn't from you know it's design just <laughs> getting it to work it was just from the control <laughs> and that's where i'm thinking oh my gosh this is totally cheap because by cheap i mean unfair because yeah let's make a game make it hard make it hard that's fine because this is a big prize but you know the difficulty should come from the challenge of the design and not from the fact that it's hard to control. That feels unfair and cheap to me. So I didn't. Needless to say, I did not win the prize. I was. So the game was unworthy. I was not the last person standing. No. Uh, you know. There so could be only one. There could be only one, <clears throat> unless there you talk about the sequel. Which well, let's uh, not no. talk about the sequel. That's kind of like unleash the dragon, and that's for dessert. Yeah. Oh <laughs> gosh, can't wait to unleash that dragon. So that's our sandwich board sides for uh, for this week, and that leads us to our our main uh, main course, our main dish this week. Have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered? <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a good segue except for Bandita and I were kind of talking uh, one day uh, out on a walk about film locations. You know, places that were used in movies, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I talked about places, you know, because I grew up in the uh, Los Angeles area. And it's really easy to find locations, right? You know, I've driven by there. I've worked at some places that have been in, in film. I, you know, it's easy, you know. But, um, you know, up here... It gets a little, it's a little bit more challenging. And, you know, there's, but there has been places. And so Bandita and I did some digging and we found out uh, a, a good number of movies have been uh, filmed here in Bandita through the Monterey Film Commission. Hey, hey that was really good. You shrug, but that was a good yeah. find. Um, oh. Google. Yeah. <laughs> 
through the Monterey Film Commission uh, has this list of all these films from the beginning of film itself that have been shot here on location, you know, in and around uh, Monterey County. It's mostly old movies. It's mostly old movies. That's true. And Probably because it wasn't as expensive as it is now to film here. Yeah. So back when the movie industry was based on the East Coast, right, when you had the uh, Thomas Edison's studio and a couple of studios, a lot of the first film that was shot here was titled The Surf at Monterey in 1897. And so this is one of those early films where it was, just, it was a big deal just to have something on a screen, a train coming into a station, workers getting off of work, you know, that sort of thing. And it's pretty much a 20-second film of the surf coming in, crashing against the rocks, and that's about it. Yeah, well, California was exotic then. Right. <laughs> it must... Well, you got to think. Okay, so somebody from the Edison studio on the East Coast came with one of those big honking cameras on a tripod, right? Came Traveled uh, by train and filmed this and then had to bring it back for processing. Uh, you know, that's what I think about when I see that early short film. That, that must have been a pain to, to make. But so there's been some here that are not surprising on this list. You know, there's the Monterey Pop Festival, uh, you know, docu film. Um, I guess it would be more interesting if it wasn't filmed in Monterey, right? Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> we did talk about places that pretend to be somewhere else in movies too. Oh my gosh! Can I bring this up real this quick? Okay. It's more interesting than this. <laughs> So, like, growing up, right, uh, so Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, you know, was supposed to take place in the, the San Gabriel Valley city of San Dimas, and it totally does not, it totally was not shot in San Dimas, right? It was mainly filmed in Arizona, uh, Phoenix, uh, Tempe uh, area. Uh, the, the, the mall, Arizona. The high school, Arizona. That's what I mean. Even the water park was filmed in Arizona. San Dimas has an actual Raging Waters water park there that they could have totally filmed at, and they did not film there. Could so the expense. It was probably the expense. I, you know, Bill and Ted felt you know a little on the low budget side. I mean, don't get me wrong, great movie, classic '80s film, but you know. Definitely on the lower budget side. Right, so we talked about that. And one of the things that I think we found out, you know, looking at this list is um, there's some surprising films that were, were done here. Uh, specifically the, the Herbie films, mm. like the Love Bug films. Um, the, uh, uh, they used, uh, you know... Uh, some of the the highways in around here, these uh, Highway sixty eight, Laguna Seca, uh, things like that. What about Vertigo? Vertigo. So they filmed that around here. Gosh, they... Carmel and San Juan Batista. And huh. remember, we went to San Juan Batista, and Star had a practice. 
right. for a musical performance. And then we came home and Vertigo was on, and it was weird. Right. So the church, the mission at the end of Vertigo. Oh, it's Intern Star. It's Intern Star. Hey, Intern Star. Remember when you went to the mission and you had a music practice? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they had, like, that plaque, and it was talking about Vertigo, the movie. And then we came home, and it was on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what'd you come in here for? Well, I finished with my Zoom meeting with the, the teachers. And how'd it go? It went good. Oh, great, great. Did you learn anything new? Yeah. Yeah. I learned that doing handstands is a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's what we sent you to music class for. It's <laughs> our um, hard-earned money at work. We don't pay anything. <laughs> right. So so that was the big takeaway from today? Yes. Okay. Because they asked me to do hands, a handstand thingy as one of my stretches. Oh, okay. Mm. They, they had them do stretches at the beginning mm. of every session. So that was the downside of today. So will we, will we be able to see your work uh, sometime soon? What work? Well, because you're part of a big collaborative project, right? Um, today was a less day, so, but I don't know what you're talking about. He's talking about your uh, performance. Oh. Don't we have to tape you pretty soon? Yeah. Isn't that due soon? Yeah. When does it do? Let me check. <laughs> Good to know. So while Intern Star is looking at that, I'm just going to just read off. Yeah, there was Vertigo, uh, the mission scene at the end. Uh, but I'm just going to read through some of these uh, films. Uh, a, lot of these, a lot of these are well-known Steinbeck adaptations. Um, you know, you have, uh, what is it? Uh, Exit... Uh, Exit to Eden. What else? East of Eden. East of Eden. Exit to Eden. No, that's the... Ad- <laughs> That's the BDSL film. Look, I don't know anything about that. And I'm not involved in any of that stuff. That was before me. Because it certainly wasn't after me. So just keep that to yourself, buddy. That was a Freudian, no, no, was a Freudian slip. Uh, we have to do it today. I star Elizabeth. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that maybe. <laughs> so Tortilla Flat, um, you know, Cannery Row. Two versions of Cannery Row, right? Because uh, no, because I know there's that one with Nick Nolte. Yeah. In '82, that totally, uh, really showcased, uh, you know, Cannery Row as you would recognize it today. I mean, they dressed it up, but. I mean, there's no mistaking. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, a lot of stuff seemed like it was shot on set. I mean, there's definitely, like, they have an ocean part. Let's see. Once again, a lot of old films. Uh, Island of the Blue Dolphins. Uh, gosh, a lot of war films uh, were shot uh, and Fordord. Some Abbott and Costello films. There was <laughs> the, uh, the girl that, uh, the girl he left behind with, Tab Hunter and Natalie Wood, the early Natalie Wood film. Um, Tab Hunter was great. He was a pretty, pretty man. Um, yes, he was. 
Yeah, so Fordor, you know, figures into that one. Uh, the Candidate, uh, 1972. Uh, a lot of Disney films. Uh, so the Hervey films, surprisingly. The Cat from Outer Space. Escape from Witch Mountain. So Escape to Witch Mountain um, was filmed. There was a lot of, there's some key ocean scenes. It was filmed in Big Sur. Uh, the Big Sur River Inn was featured in that in that film. Also, it was filmed in Felton, uh, which is not technically Monterey County. It was, you know, that's in Santa Cruz County Mountains, but it's pretty close by. Basically, if you need ocean, right, this is the place to film. Uh, the Bixby Creek Bridge gets used a lot in movies and in... Car commercials. Yeah, car commercials. Uh, I think some of the ones that I kind of found surprising was um, Seems Like Old Times with uh, Goldie Hawn and um, Chevy Chase, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Charles Grodin, who seems really good at playing the other guy. I don't I always he's, thought of him... He's also, like, eternally grumpy. Yeah, well, yes. But the, here's the thing. Charles Grodin is actually surprisingly... Beethoven. Yeah, he's surprisingly <laughs> funny. He always plays kind of like the straight guy, but he's, you know, he's a f- for what he did, I mean, he's a pretty funny guy. Um, Junior was filmed here, right? Uh, the Schwarzenegger uh, DeVito uh, film. The follow-up to Twins. The follow-up to Twins. Yeah. Twins. Uh, was filmed, some of it was filmed in Carmel, Carmel Valley. Uh, Basic Instinct. Was was filmed here, right? Some of it, yeah. The police station, right? It's supposed to be Salinas Police <laughs> Station, but it's really like a fire station, right? Of '68, it's unincorporated Monterey County, so it's the regional fire district. Yeah, Monterey County Regional the, Fire District. The only thing I know is that it's it looks it's totally bigger on the inside. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff. Of course, Star Trek Four with the uh, the aquarium. Yeah, uh, another thing is that people are always trying to uh, use Monterey in place of San Francisco. What the heck? I, I, I have no idea. You were talking about... I was it, talking about how a lot of times when they were trying to film in San Francisco, but they didn't want to film in San Francisco, they went to Monterey. And one of those was... The uh, Star Trek film. That's right, because it was supposed to be in Sausalito. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I, you know, because... I could see that, though, because Mm. that particular aquarium is like, in a, like a, it's like you go down a hill and then there's the aquarium. And there's not really too much around it. I mean, you know, you can block it off, you know, pretty well, because in spite of it, you know, this area being kind of a big tourist destination it's still relatively sleepy um you know we're still kind of hugging the coast and a little bit off the beaten path so yeah you know except for certain times of the year it never gets you know that crowded so i could see why filmmakers would want to do their san francisco stuff here because like junior was supposed to take place in san francisco also uh turner and hooch was uh, filmed here and uh, Harry and the Hendersons because there's forest around Some here. Some Monterey stuff. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're interested, if you're ever coming to the area, 
Um, or if you just want to know some really nifty trivia, they actually have a movie tour. You know, you go on a bus and they drive you around for three Wait. hours. Wait, once the pandemic's over. Once the pandemic's <laughs> Sorry. Once the pandemic's over. Yeah. And you're curious. Then you have the money to do it. Right. <laughs> You know, if you want to know, you know, where Clint Eastwood uh, filmed the bar scenes and play Misty for me or, you know, or uh, the Sandpiper was was filmed, you know, that's, uh, you know, come on, come on down and check it out once the pandemic's over. Okay, so we're going to um, the Muppet movie. I don't know the Muppet, don't, I don't, must have been one of the road scenes. A lot of road here um, that you can block off. So for dessert, I'm going to turn this one over to Bandita because she has done the most footwork on this topic. Uh, and you're going to have to tell me why. Why? Okay, well, why not? Okay. That's that's what I have to say. But I was thinking about the thong song and about Cisco and what could have happened to that dude. And so I was like... I wonder if we keep talking about the thong song, maybe we could have Cisco over for an interview, but another bucket list thing, <laughs> but we don't do interviews, <laughs> right? And it was like, even if we did interview, like, what would we ask him? Like, what could me, a mere mortal, ask Cisco? You know what I mean? So I decided to look up on Google, my favorite place. Whatever happened to Cisco? Guess what? It was there. <laughs> and he had a recent interview. And it was to mark the 20th anniversary of his album, the release of his album. Which is titled? Unleash the Dragon. Unleash the Dragon. Right. And it's it's an interview conducted by the Baltimore Sun. And they asked him 20 facts. They gave 20 facts on the 20th anniversary of Unleash the Dragon. Okay, so obviously my interest peaked because <laughs> I was like, Unleash the Dragon, what's that? And I didn't know that that was Cisco's uh, album that came out, his solo album, because he was also a Drew Hill. And they put out albums and videos and oh my God. We were talking about Cisco and I don't um, know where we were. Okay, so... I was talking about Unleashed the Dragon and that Cisco was in a group called Drew Hill. Right. And uh, as he's still in a group called Drew Hill, they still release things. He has what he calls squad first commitments. Oh, so Drew Hill above all? Yeah. So he never wanted to be a solo artist. So they did do that uh, Wild Wild West song with Will Smith. Oh, really? Yeah, they did. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Um, so, Unleash the Dragon, interestingly enough, is over seven minutes long. It's a music video, mini-movie, slash mini-movie. Right. Think, you know, Michael Jackson's Thriller or Will Smith's no, Wild Wild West. No, no. Okay. Really not even Will Smith's Wild Wild West? No. Okay. It's not. Okay. Okay. It's um, strange. It's strange. Strange, like, as in trapped in the closet strange? Is that, wasn't that the, the R. Kelly's? So, um, you're not to speak of R. Kelly oh, okay. around Cisco. He's not, he doesn't want to comment on that. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, so get that into your head. <laughs> yeah, so we watched it, right? Uh, okay, so in it this... It cost $2.5 million to make it. Two and a half million clams. And as they like to say on the Flintstones... And it's the most expensive Def Jam music video ever in history of all time. And really, the the video goes like this: the plot. Uh, Cisco is going to make an appearance on a balcony from some kind of hotel room. He's getting ready to unleash the dragon. He's getting ready to unleash that dragon. There's a crowd of people down there. There's news reporters. There's a a, a helicopter news reporter. And then he starts performing the song, Unleash the Dragon. And then, lo and behold, guess what shows up? 1998 Godzilla shows up. Aww. It's supposed to be a dragon, I know, but it, it's got it's 1998 Godzilla. It's wings. That's what I kept thinking to myself as I was watching it. Where's the wings? There's no well, it had wings, but it had there's these short, stubby things. Yeah, no. No. Um, and he, you think, right, Unleash the Dragon, he's doing these kind of martial arts, you know, kind of uh, 70s uh, kung fu film moves. And you think, oh, he's going to fight this thing or else he's maybe he's going to, you know, punch this dragon in the, in the junk. And, you know, I felt like something was going to happen, but never happened. Never happened. What he did like, is. I thought for sure it was like. He was going to turn into a dragon or yeah, something. Yeah, he or... was going to unleash the dragon. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking he's going to do like a Mortal Kombat, Liu Kang thing where he turns into a dragon. Or just, just like an energy, like like a Hadouken, a dragon Hadouken or something. Right. But no, what does he do? He dodges a charging dragon. He danced and... a lot too. I mean, that was okay. Yeah. Dancing away from things is good. It's a good defense. Right. But, I mean, there just wasn't enough offense here for my liking. Right. He did lift a lamppost, though. Yeah, he saved a, a, a helpless person stuck under a lamppost. Yeah. And, um... She owes Cisco her life. <laughs> there's a life debt to Cisco. Yeah, I'm assuming that she's still paying that back, <laughs> whatever <laughs> and her children and maybe even her grandchildren <laughs> hey uh, basically he lures the dragon into an alleyway and the dragon gets stuck face first in the alleyway and that's where it ends it ends with the tv reporter saying oh, i'm gonna make my career from this no one made their career from that. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now, buddy. <laughs> and, uh, and there, you think something's going to happen, and it just says, the end. Not even a question mark. The no, end? No, but um, the end, uh, the word end does move around a little bit before it completes, like, switches around till it's end. Yeah. And that is the epic uh, video called Unleash the Dragon, and it becomes very clear to me now why the thong song outshined this Unleash the Dragon. It seems like Unleash the Dragon was supposed to be like the centerpiece, really, of the album, of this work. But hate to say it, thong song, one, it's about thongs, 
And it's a song. It's, it's a song about underwear, really. Yeah. You get down to its core. It's a song about underwear. Right. And it's a lot catchier. Oh, Intern Mike. Yeah, we recently showed Intern Mike the Thong Song music video when he was saying, oh, I don't know what that song is. I'm like, what? You don't know what that song is? That's weird. So I showed him the Thong Song video on YouTube. And his comment was, it was surprisingly... Surprisingly non-offensive? No. What? Try again. It's surprisingly... Classy. <laughs> surprisingly classy. That's what he said. And he, he mentioned the notes of the uh, orchestral, like, <laughs> beginnings. Like, uh, you know, Cause there's a weaved strings. in through the whole song. There's a string quartet. <laughs> Surprisingly classy. Surprisingly classy. For a song about underwear. That's what he said. That should be a like a quote, like or or something. So 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 Mike of Mike's Misadventures calls the thong song surprisingly classy. For a song about underwear. Three stars. Yeah. Music video, great. Check. Cisco, great, check. Thongs. Thong. There's one thong. Uh Surprisingly, one thong. Actually, Cisco helped write a children's book, just so you know, about Christmas. Yeah. And it sounds adorable. And it doesn't sound underwear related. No, it doesn't. No. But it does sound adorable. It does sound adorable. And he's still releasing music. He's still in there. And I have something surprisingly in common with Cisco. We both do our own hair. We cut our own hair. <laughs> Die and cut our own hair. Yeah, he still he still does, he still um, colors his hair. Uh, sure. Yeah. You gotta do that. Well, that's his thing. It's his style. Yeah. Um, so Cisco, he's 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 you know trucking. still kicking around. Yeah. In fact, they're gonna have a a biopic about Drew Hill. Right. What channel? Um. Don't know. No, I do know. Mm. It's um. I'm gonna have to look it up again. No. Oh, okay. So this was an interesting thing that Inter Mike. Uh, you know, unsung. Had, unsung. TV ones. Unsung. It's going to come out in February. Oh, there there you have it. He also has an animated movie coming up through Save the Music. There you go. Right. So for all you uh, Cisco fans. He likes Jamaican food, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cares about local musicians. Mm-hmm. Wants to make Baltimore better. He doesn't believe in luck. Here's a quote from Cisco. You can quote him on this. For anybody that's reading, well, in here they'd be listening, right? Especially younger kids. There's no such thing as luck. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And you said... That was Edison. That came from Thomas Edison. But... But what? Thomas Edison. Who pretty much took everything from everybody else. Exactly. Except for maybe the filament. That's about it. Yeah. So we bring that full circle. Even like the idea for motion pictures took it from someone else. All right, so hopefully that exercises the the thong song. Uh... Doubtful, oh, okay. but it definitely exercised unleash the dragon. <laughs> because how do you? How is that even defeating a dragon? By the way, trapping it in an alley. I don't. It's like I don't know. It's like the. It's like the. I don't know. The dragon got so frustrated, it just gave up. It's like I'll just. Yeah, it just here. just kind of slumped there, and slumped. I'm thinking, yeah, that's it. What are people gonna do with this dragon? 
are they just gonna just leave it there or are they gonna try to get it out are they gonna try to unleash re-unleash the dragon how about release the ja- dragon release they get a big giant leash and put it on the dragon it had no wings robert it had no wings had to no speak wings. of it had evolved itself into extinction yeah it didn't deserve to be okay so they probably should have just made a a really crappy video game instead <laughs> that would have been <laughs> cool it would have probably been a PS1 game. Yeah. It came out to. It probably would have been on PS1. There you go. And it or Nintendo 64. Okay, so Back to the Future it. We're going to get a time machine now. <laughs> go back. Take Cisco aside. First of all, I'm marking out. But, <laughs> hey, dude, don't do this music video. Instead, make a crappy video game. Yeah. Hey, look at what Wu-Tang did. Shaolin style, PS1. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. That's what should happen. Yeah. All right. So that is all the time that we have for this week. Um, so I would like to thank Cisco and I'd like to thank the Dragon uh, for <laughs> and the String Quartet and the Monterey County classy. Monterey County Film Commission and. Um, I don't want to thank the developer of the Old Guard game, mm-hmm. um, but I am looking forward to Comic-Con and Pokemon uh, Go Fest, or at least you playing Go Fest. I don't know if I'm going to do it. Inter Mike has bought it too. Yes. I don't know. I'm on the fence. We'll see. We'll see. And speaking of we'll see, uh, we'll uh, see you all again uh next week on the sandwich board so uh i am the pickle bandit and i'm the bandita and we hope you weren't bored while you're listening to the sandwich board (laughs) i never get to say it (laughs) bye i'm unleashing my dragon (laughs) i took your line Da 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 da